You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily podcast on the Toronto Blue Jays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Blue Jays fans, and welcome to Locked On Blue Jays, your daily dose of Toronto Blue Jays talk directly into your headspace here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your number one sports daily local podcast for you to enjoy. I'm your host, Ryan Andrews, back for another day of winning Blue Jays talk. And since that doesn't happen as often as we like, we're going to savor every minute of it. The Blue Jays completed the sweep of the Baltimore Orioles, who honestly, the New Hampshire Fisher Cats would give them a run for their money at this point. It's it's just that bad in Baltimore. We're going to talk about a couple of names from that game, including Joe Biagini, who uh, pitched a solid inning. We're going to talk about Billy McKinney, darling of the podcast now, our boy sniper. But obviously, the big story from yesterday's contest, which we talked about a little bit uh, on yesterday's show because it was played while we were recording was Thomas Pannone. And Pannone, you know, going into his first Major League start, wasn't a lot of fanfare. You know, just expecting, okay, just get us four innings, get us into the bullpen, see if we can complete the sweep from there. But after a rough start, I believe right when we left the podcast yesterday... Uh, he had just hit Jonathan VR, so put the runner on. It's like okay, he's he's already lost it. Here we go. But right after putting him on, uh, Pannone displayed his pickoff move, which is actually really nice. He does. He has two pickoff moves that he uses. He uses the conventional pickoff move where he just kind of goes over, and then he caught VR with just a sidearm quick pick. Which which snapped him off first base. It was a great play by Pinot, and that kind of set the tone for what he was able to do to that Baltimore lineup, which is just completely dominate them. He went six innings of no hit baseball, only walked two batters, which is great, and just he was so in control of everything. Um, he had his fastball. He's a fastball pitcher. He uses his fastball like 70% of the time. But he was just putting it wherever he wanted. It was very easy for the Blue Jays to feel comfortable with what he was doing. The way Danny Jansen was calling that game with Pannone on the mound. He just put the ball wherever Jansen wanted. And he was getting those weak ground balls. Those those weak pop flies. Um, anytime that the Orioles batters were able to get a hold of something, it was to a spot where the Blue Jays had outfielders ready, and, and he got some great defense during that game. We'll actually talk about defense in a little bit when we get into our Billy McKinney discussion. But it was amazing to see just a, a Blue Jay starter be that in control. Like, Barucki had it a bit when he first came up, obviously didn't have it against the Yankees, but 
Pannon just did whatever he wanted in that game. And he displayed great defense on the mound. He is a former uh, outfield player. So does have experience playing defense and gets off the mound really well. But I think the biggest thing to take away from Pannon's start wasn't the six innings of no-hit ball that he threw. The big thing to take away from Pannon's start was the seventh inning, which obviously the wheels came off a little bit. The no-hit bid was ended right off the bat with Trey Mancini's single, but then the big play of that inning was Adam Jones lining a ball to left and Teoscar Hernandez doing Teoscar Hernandez things, which is take a poor route to the ball, misjudge it, and then try to catch it in your glove and have it hit off your glove and reach the wall for a double. Rightly charged an error to Teoscar, but... You know, right after the no-hit bid ends, you're dealing with runners on second and third. Hadn't dealt with runners all day. Could have been very easy for Pannon to get a bit unraveled there. But what Thomas Pannon was able to do in that inning is just bear down, stay within himself, know what he was able to do, and he got the result he needed. And he got the benefit of some smart defense. That first ball that Tim Beckham hit right to third base, that could have easily scored the first run of the game. But Russell Martin's playing third yesterday, and he's smart. He's a veteran. He was able to look back Mancini and make sure he wasn't going anywhere, and then still have enough time to gun it across the infield and get a speedy Tim Beckham. So a huge play there preventing that run from scoring could have been very easily the one nothing game. Then the next batter, Craig Gentry, another guy with speed, could have easily tried to bunt or something. He tapped it right at Pannon, and Pannon, again, showing smart, showing that 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 mentality on the mound, that maturity on the mound, able to look back Mancini, make sure he wasn't breaking, and go to first and get the second out, which was huge. And then Renato Nunez pops out, Pannon gets out of the inning. That is amazing to see, because how, how many times have you seen the, the Blue Jays come unraveled like, like, they'll get, like, the first two outs and then two out rallies across the board. The Royals did it. The Yankees do it. Like, they, they just come unraveled when something doesn't go their way. Very easy for Thomas Pannone to look at Teoscar and be like, um, eh. But he bared down, bailed out his outfielder, and did what a veteran lefty is able to do. And just focus on it and get the outs. And he was rightly rewarded in the bottom of the seven when Kendris Morales hit that home run. Because if Thomas Pannone didn't get a win for that game, this would be a very different podcast today. It would have been me just slamming the heck out of the Toronto offense, an offense that couldn't do anything off of David Hess. But Kendris, the savior of the Blue Jays offense the past two months, does what he needed to do. Knocked that home run out of the park. Still doesn't have 20 home runs. No Blue Jay has 20 home runs yet. 10 of them have 10, which is the most in the majors. But no one has 20. But Kendris is is going to get there at this rate. Just keeps bashing balls out of the park. So, a well-deserved outing for Thomas Pinot. And a well-deserved result. Again, he if, if he did not get credit for a win after that, it was going to be bedlam. It was going to be... Just absolute anger at the Blue Jays. So, very impressed with Thomas Pinone. Obviously earned another start 
it'll come against Baltimore in Camden Yards next week. And I'll be looking forward to that, see if he can do it on the road. Because he's shown some great stuff in relief. He showed great stuff in that start. And I want to see more from him. Because, like, admittedly, like I said, when we talked on the Jays from the Couch radio podcast, didn't bring up Pannone as a potential starter next year. Was more looking at Sean Reed Foley and David Paulino. But Thomas Pannone, very much in the mix for that. So... I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do on the road. See if he can continue to build on such a strong first start. We're going to build on a strong start to this podcast with some Joe Biagini talk right after this. But first, just to let you all know that Locked On NFL is your source for NFL news. And it has become the Locked On NFL of experts. So you got Matt Williamson hosting. He has a brand new lineup. Every Monday, it's going to be local experts from across the league coming on, giving their takes on the biggest stories. And then on Wednesdays, he's got Mike Renner from Pro Football Focus set to join and deliver his takes. He's got Mike Sando from ESPN coming on on Thursdays. So you get daily content from experts on the league that will get you set for the season up ahead. So be sure to follow Locked On NFL on iTunes, on Google Play. Get that amazing content into your ears every day on the number one local sports daily podcast network. Okay, so I did want to talk about the one of the other pitchers who appeared yesterday, and that was Joe Biagini. Joe wouldn't have gotten in if it wasn't for that huge eighth inning where just the Blue Jays put the absolute screws to Miguel Castro, which it's nice to see that happen to someone else, his reliever, as opposed to our own. I, I know Miguel Castro was a Blue Jay for like a week when he was 20, but just just watching him go all over the place. And you could, you could blame Austin Wins for some of those problems. Like two of those wild pitches shouldn't have happened, but... You know, Austin Wins didn't serve up that meatball to Devin Travis, so that is what it is. But, no, so after Ryan Tapera had a rough eighth inning where it's like, you know, just don't mess this up for Thomas Pannone, Joe Biagini comes out and looked unhittable, struck out the side, and that, you know, it's it's not a, a bomber's row in Baltimore, but he got Adam Jones swinging, Got Tim Beckham swinging, got Craig Gentry looking. So, you know, decent names in there. And for Joe Biagini, it's been such a struggle to to really figure out what he's been and what he's been able to do. And there was actually a really great piece on SportingNews.com written by Jen Smith at Baseball underscore Jen. Great piece. Check it out. Jen's able to really get through that kind of outer shell of comedy that Joe Biagini puts up and really get to what he's thinking and what he needs to do for himself. And one of the important things is that Joe Biagini knows he needs to work on his consistency. He he has to remind himself that there's still work to do and that he still has time to do it so he can stay there and be that kind of reliever that he was in 2016. And admittedly, 
he said that going between a starter and a lever the past couple years, it's disruptive to his rhythm. And that's something that I think a lot of people have been saying when looking at Joe Biagini. He doesn't know where he's really been as as opposed to that 2016 where it's just like, we're just going to keep you as a reliever. We're just going to keep you putting you in spots. All right, you're doing good. We'll go, we'll go better. But it's been a source of frustration for Blue Jays fans who want to, I, I guess they want to keep that link to those happy days, those playoff runs, and to see Joe Biagini just kind of blow up this season with that ERA, like he just got it down to six. So slowly working at getting it down to, you know, manageable reliever levels. But it's been frustrating at times watching him and just just continuously serve up those home runs, which has been his downfall this year. A lot of those fly balls that he's getting are leaving the yard. So if Biagini is able to bear down and, and get into his rhythm as a reliever, which he had last night and last night, yesterday afternoon, geez, I'm afternoon games. They bug the heck out of me during the week. So if he's able to get into that rhythm and establish himself, even if he's called on to do what he did against the Yankees and go three and a third innings, he had his rhythm down in that game. He was able to keep the Yankees off the board after that six spot that Barucki gave up. If he's able to get into that rhythm, then he does have the chance to stick around and he does have the chance to be that key part of the bullpen going forward like he was in 2016 when he exploded on the scene. And Biagini said he's been talking with Dane Johnson and discussing coming up with a consistent plan, uh, knowing what his opponents are going to do and, and knowing how they react to everything and just kind of simplifying things. And Biagini admitted in that interview with Jen Smith that he had a tendency to overthink and overanalyze things. And it's resulted in pitches that it's not the right one in the situation. And it gets taken over the wall. It gets knocked into the outfield. So if this kind of approach that he showed in the Baltimore game is what he's using going forward, it's a great sign for Blue Jays fans. because if Joe can get out of his own head, which with some of the things he says, it can be difficult. But if he can get back into it and and again, just keep things simple, go through his pitch progressions and rely on his stuff to get guys out instead of overthinking it and relying too much on the trickery, then that's going to serve Joe Biagini well going forward and it's going to serve the Blue Jays well going forward, obviously. And you know, we want Joe Biagini to stick around because he's one of the best quotes in Major League Baseball <laughs> in a sport where personality is on short supply. Joe Biagini is a oasis in a desert of cliches. So anything that Joe Biagini can do to keep him as a Major League player, I am all for it. And if that approach is the one he took in that inning against Baltimore, that is going to be great for the Blue Jays going forward. Speaking of Blue Jays going forward, I have a proposition that some fans may not like, but I think might be necessary going forward right after this. But first, 
just want to remind you that in addition to the Locked On NFL podcast, the Locked On Network is also expanding with its college shows this year. Um, already announced shows for Alabama, Tennessee, Florida, Arkansas, Oklahoma, Baylor, Ohio State, Penn State, Oregon, all the big programs are going to have local coverage on the Locked On Podcast Network. So if you have a specific school you want to follow, be sure to find it on iTunes and Google Play under that Locked On banner and get the daily content you need on football, basketball, uh, volleyball, whatever sport you're into, I'm sure the Locked On College Podcast Network will have you covered for your school. So check that out on the podcast network and come back to us right after this. So I had a proposition that again, not sure that Blue Jays fans are going to like, but if you looked at the title of this podcast, which I'm not sure how many people do that before clicking on it, but it's a proposition that I don't think a lot of people thought would be necessary at a certain point this year but but hey at a certain point this year everyone want Kendris Morales cut and just his money to be dead on the payroll so you know things change situations arise and we're going to focus on as I said at the start of this podcast Billy McKinney because Sniper McKinney has come up and been very good so far batting 333 Look great, playing great defense, slugging his 500. He's got an OPS of 929. Awesome. Great. On the other side of the diamond, though, on the other side of the outfield yesterday, you had Teoscar Hernandez. Teoscar Hernandez had a one for three day last night, but it was an infield single. And he had that error that almost cost the Blue Jays the lead and almost cost Thomas Pannone a win. And Thomas Pannone is very forgiving. They were in the dugout and Teoscar comes over like, hey, my bad. And Thomas says, that's fine. I am less forgiving than Thomas Pannone. Shock. Teoscar Hernandez has not been good for a while. And, you know, that's that's part of the, the problem with, you know, running young players out there and hoping they learn and and doing better. But it's been an issue with Teoscar for a couple of months now. And it it starts to beg the question, what can you do? Can you really keep putting him out there? Uh, Teoscar came off a July where he batted just 197. And... Only only had 15 hits in a month. He had three home runs, but obviously down compared to what he was doing earlier in the season. And August hasn't been much better. He's batting 213 in the month of August. He has two home runs so far, but the big thing I want to look at is the 32 strikeouts that he's racked up. Already almost more than he had in the month of June. All already close to being the biggest month for strikeouts for him. And he's got a week left. So if he's with the Blue Jays, he's going to pass 34. And like last month, you could say he had a bit of bad luck, but this month he's got a 393 batting average on balls in play. So he's getting, when he does get hits, he's getting insanely lucky in that they're going places where defenders not. And he still only has a 213 batting average. And every time he's out there in the outfield, he makes at least one mental mistake that puts the Blue Jays in a tough spot. And this becomes the crux of the issue where, 
since this is a franchise that looked Devin Travis in the eye and said, you're not doing well, we're going to send you to Buffalo for a bit, maybe get your head straight, why hasn't that been done to Teoscar Hernandez yet? And I think the opportunity is here because the Blue Jays have said they want to uh, activate Lourdes Goriel for this Philadelphia series because he's finally back from his leg issues. So I'm looking at the roster and I'm seeing Billy McKinney, who's produced very well since being called up from Buffalo. And I'm seeing Teoscar Hernandez, who's struggled for two months. And I'm thinking, why isn't Teoscar Hernandez going to Buffalo in this instance? You can make the argument that you could send Richard Urania down, but Urania's been all right too. And that way, like you you get Gurriel back. You don't have to use Russell Martin at third base if you don't want to. You can use Urania Diaz and Gurriel there and save the wear and tear on Russell Martin for a bit. So you look at the outfield slots, which they still have five outfielders on the roster, which I... I I don't know if Curtis Granderson is going to move at this point. I know he's cleared waivers, but that move has to be coming at some point. But until then, there is a move that has to be made to bring Gurriel back. And it's definitely in the Toronto Blue Jays' best interest to have Lourdes Gurriel available. So, instead of sending Urania down, who gives you more versatility, instead of sending Billy McKinney down, who is playing better defense and is hitting better, send Teoscar Hernandez down to Buffalo and give him that time to figure things out for the rest of the year. And like he'll he can be called right back up when the rosters expand in September. And then you can have your five outfielders and be fine. But send Teoscar down for the last bit of the season to get some work in against pitchers that he can absolutely dominate. Send him down there where the errors don't mean as much or he can dh or or figure that out because teoscar's big pull as a player is his bat and his bat's not producing and he definitely isn't showing enough on defense to keep him up here in the first place that the bat isn't working so do to him what you did to devin travis and and we saw that work for devin travis Teoscar's not going to have the time that Devin did, but Devin's been so much better in the second half because he's figured it out and he's gotten his head straight and he's gotten his confidence back. Teoscar's out there with zero confidence, not able to put any kind of charge on on the weakest of pitches. He should have been torching that Baltimore Orioles pitching staff, but he did absolutely nothing the entire series. So send him down. Let him work on his game in peace where he's not having national pundits go out there and just ridicule him for every error that he's making in the outfield because it's distracting from the main problem, which is that he is not hitting and he needs to hit to be a major league player. So that that's my take on that. I saved it for the end. I saved my anger for the end. But Teoscar needs to go down and work on things. And he needs to go down where he can get that confidence because the AAA team just left town. And I I would rather have Lourdes Gurriel for that Philadelphia series than Teoscar Hernandez. So that's that's my take on that. I think Teoscar should be down in the minor leagues at the start of that series. But, you know, this isn't just about me as much as I make it about me. This is about y'all, and if you have any thoughts on what I'm saying, if you want to see Teoscar stay up, if if you have any thoughts on anything, let me know on Twitter, at NeoAC18, that's N-E-O-A-C-1-8. 
you can you can get at me. We can have discussions about whatever you want. I always love having discussions with the fans. And, of course, Blue Jays Fan Friday is tomorrow. So if you have any questions, comments, anything you want on the show tomorrow, let me know and we will talk about it. And I probably won't get as animated as I just did. But, you know, we will see. We'll see how it goes. Um. Follow this podcast at Locked On Jays. Make sure you're subscribed to that so you don't miss an episode. Subscribe to it on iTunes, Google Play, wherever you get podcasts, you will find Locked On Jays. Make sure you don't miss an episode of that. Um, special shout out to Baseball Jen, Jen Smith. Check out her article. I'll include it in the tweet. Um, and, and check out what she got out of Joe Biagini because she did an excellent job on that. was really excited to read that. And yeah, check out the fine people at jaysfromthecouch.com. If I write anything, that's where it is. So thank you all for listening to this. For everyone here at the Lockdown Podcast Network and Lockdown Blue Jays, I'm Ryan Andrews. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode, and y'all take care. <laughs>